Hey there, welcome to today's episode of Verity Vitamins. My name is Benjamin Pace, and we have been in a series on the Verity Vitamins segment entitled The Whole Counsel of God. And we've been talking about what it means to get the whole counsel of God on a situation, on a subject, anytime you're seeking the Lord about a thing. Um, this isn't to say that we can ever get to a place in this earth where we know everything, <laughs> you know, that we, we're, we've just attained. No, uh, Paul said in Philippians 3, I have not yet attained, but I'm pressing on to know. Uh, Hosea talks to us about following on to know. And so what we're talking about is realizing that we don't see it all. We don't know it all. We know a part and we see a part. And because of that, we need to press on to get the whole counsel of God. We got to realize that there are other parts we don't know and we don't see. Um, in Acts 20, 26 and 27, Paul talked about this. He said, I'm innocent of the blood of all men because I haven't shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I didn't withhold my part. I didn't withhold to add light to what you already knew. Uh, we all have a part, and this is why we have different gifts in the body of Christ. This is why we have different parts of the body of Christ, because they help bring balance, and they help bring in perspective and the whole picture. I've said this before. There's a reason why there's four Gospels, much of, many of which talk about some of the same things from different perspectives. What's the Lord showing us? He's showing us that there's more than one perspective of this thing. And yes, it's all true and it's all right. Listen, the, the book of Matthew is perfect. The book of, of John is perfect. The book of Luke is perfect. And yet they add to each other when you read them all together. What is that? That's the whole counsel of God. And, and so we talked about this last week about the written test. You know, I kind of compared this to somebody taking a driving test. You know, you got to take the written test, the vision test, and then you got to actually get behind the wheel. <laughs> you actually got to put these things into practice. You understand? And so today I want to talk about the vision test, the vision test. What is the vision test and how does it connect to what we're talking about? Well, look at this in 1 Corinthians 13, 9. This is a part of our text for this series. And Paul said, we know in part and we prophesy in part. And he said, when that which uh, is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away. He talked about how when he was a child, he spoke as a child, he understood as a child, he thought as a child. But when he became a man, he said, I put away childish things. You know, children have a very limited perspective. And even naturally speaking, just their height, <laughs> you know, limits what they're able to see. You know, a lot of times you got to pick a child up so that they can see more. And, and their vision is limited based on what they're able to see, their, their vantage point, their perspective. And so uh, he goes on to say, for we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. We see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. He's saying right now we see things very, very limited. We're very limited in our ability to see. We're very limited in our vision. You know, this reminds me of when Jesus uh, laid hands on that blind man, blind man, excuse me. And he said, what do you see? And he said, I can see men walking around as if they were the shape of trees. What is that? That's limited vision. That's blurry. Blurry vision, that's seeing things through a veil. I'm kind of seeing it. I'm seeing something, but I don't see the whole thing. And then Jesus prayed for him again, and he saw everything clearly. Oh, praise God. Hey, if you're believing for better eyesight, I, I want to encourage you 
to stand on that word that that just because you've seen some improvement um hey i'm seeing better than i did before hey there's more you know this is true naturally this is true spiritually you can see better and better and god's will is that your vision increase naturally and spiritually jesus prayed for him again and then he saw every man clearly and and so Talking about vision, we are, spiritually speaking, limited in our vision. And God is bringing us up to a, a higher place of seeing more and knowing more. But we have to realize that on this earth, we can only see and know so much until we, we break this veil of flesh. <laughs> um, you know, to some extent, we're going to be limited. And so... Because we don't see it all, because we don't know it all, because we only know a part and we only see a part, we got to realize that there's more. And that's not the whole thing. Um, even a vision that we've received from the Lord is not the whole thing. It's a part. You understand? We see through a mirror dimly. We see through a glass dimly. And the reason why I want to talk about this today in talking about the vision test when it comes to the whole counsel of God, what is the vision test? Well, the vision test is discerning, watch this, between vision and fantasy. <laughs> See, when you take a, a part of a vision that you received from the Lord, but you add your own interpretation to it, <laughs> you add your own um, thoughts and ideas into it, what happens is it can turn into fantasy. Part of it was right, but you added something to it. In Proverbs, he talked about don't add to his words, lest he correct you. Don't add to his words. And we can add things to what we see a part of and know a part of. And we want to be careful not to do that. We got to pass the vision test. Watch this in Hebrews 4.12. We looked at this last week. He said, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So when it comes to the Word of God, we talked about the Word of God last week, but in connection to vision, let me say this to you. Vision is of the Spirit. God, God gives us vision. He wants us to have vision. The Bible says without vision, people perish but you look at that word vision, it also means revelation. Ooh. See, revelation has to do with his word. And his word brings light. It reveals things to us, even in the future. And it shows us things to come. Jesus told us the Holy Spirit would do this. But you got to make sure that revelation doesn't become fantasy when what he has revealed to you is only a part, but you try to color in and draw a bunch of stuff that he hasn't revealed to you. Does that make sense? So let's say that, you know, you, you have like a package that's wrapped up and you pull part of the wrapping paper off of that package and you see a part of the package and say it's just a letter, you know, say somebody's given you a new vacuum and you just see the the Bissell sign on it. Well, you see a part. Something was revealed to you. But let's say that's all you saw was Bissell and you assumed, oh, it has to be this special vacuum cleaner that I've been wanting or this thing or that thing, whatever the case is. You add to 
the revelation. When in reality, you open up the whole thing and you realize, oh no, it's actually this other thing <laughs> that Bissell made. You know, this is not a Bissell advertisement, you understand? I could hardly even think of the word, you know? I just had to think of the first thing I could think of with vacuum cleaners. But something was revealed, but then you assumed something about what was not revealed. Oh, see, that's what we're talking about. That's where fantasy comes in. Oh man, this is just revelation that's just coming out of my, my spirit. That's where fantasy comes in. When you assume things that have not been revealed. Oh man, I just, I didn't see that till just now. That's why I got excited. It, uh, fantasy is assuming things that have not yet been revealed. Oh man, thank you, Lord. That's what it is. And so vision has to do with what God has revealed, and that's only in part according to what Paul told us. We know in part, we prophesy in part. That, that can have to do with seeing the future. And so you don't want to make assumptions about what the Spirit of God has not revealed and what part of us tends to make assumptions about what has not been revealed, the soul. See, vision is of the Spirit, fantasy is of the soul. And this is why we need the Word of God to divide between soul and spirit and discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. Man, glory to God. And, and you know, there are a lot of people who are living in a fantasy world. And, you know, a lot of it is due to the TV and the movies and the music and the novels they're feeding on. And listen, I'm not against any of that stuff. I like TV shows. I like movies. I like music. I like novels. And those things are great. And it's great to inspire creativity. I believe that there is a grace on people to do that. But you want to watch out that you don't feed on that stuff so much that you start living in a fantasy world and start valuing fantasy more than reality. <laughs> Vision is not about fantasy. It's just revealing reality that has not yet come to pass. You understand? And even heaven, um, even though heaven seems so grand and far away because of what we're used to, it's so real. <laughs> heaven is reality and it is our future. So we want to guard against getting off into fantasy. That's not, that's not what God wants us to do. You know, people leave good churches. They leave marriages and families. They leave jobs. They leave things that God joined them to and gave to them, not because God called them to do something else. You know, God called them up to a higher level, and He does do that. God promotes and God leads us from one thing to another, from glory to glory. And that's, that's a wonderful truth, and that has to do with the hope of our calling is that we go from glory to glory. But a lot of people will leave things the wrong way at the wrong time because they're chasing the wind. Are you listening? They're chasing a fantasy. The, let me say it to you this way. They're chasing a feeling rather than a calling. Oh, man. Ah. They're chasing a feeling rather than a calling. That's something that people get off track with. And, you know, God does lead us higher and into more. And he does give us vision that's way beyond where we're at right now. But you got to make sure that you're, you're following a vision and a calling, not a fantasy and a feeling. Oh, come on. Thank you, Lord. And how do you do that? You got to divide between soul and spirit. Well, how do you do that? You got to get a word from God. You got to say, what was the word of the Lord? What did he reveal to me? And I'm not going to add to that. Do you see that? And one of the things that will help you to do this 
is the whole counsel of God. And this has to do with the people he's joined you to, the different gifts he's joined you to, rightly dividing the word of truth, not getting puffed up and isolated and extreme into one thing. God wants to bring balance and keep us on track, and he wants to bring the vision to pass, but he's got a plan. Just like when he gave Joseph that dream and that vision about where he was going, Joseph saw a part, but he didn't know the whole plan of how God was going to bring it to pass. Do you see that? The vision was right, but the plan to get there, the path to get there, was very different than what I'm sure Joseph thought. We looked at this verse uh, the past couple of weeks. Let's look at it again. Proverbs 18, 17, it says, The first one to plead his cause seems right. The King James says, He who is first in his own cause seems right. His own cause, what is that? His own thoughts, his own desires, his own fantasies, you could say. (laughs) And listen, the Bible talks about in Psalm 37 how God gives us the desires of our heart. When we delight ourselves in him and God does put desires in our heart and they're of him. He gives us vision and it's from him and it's of him. But we want to be careful about is not adding to that with a wrong heart, a wrong motive. Um, we want to make sure that the desires that are in our spirit don't get don't get convoluted with the lusts of the flesh and and the the things that the soul craves. That's the thing you got to kind of watch out about is when those things get mixed together. But it says that he seems right in his own cause, but his neighbor comes and searches him or examines him. What is this? This is the vision test. (laughs) We talked about the written test. Now we're talking about the vision test. Someone else comes and examines the thoughts and intents of the heart with the word of God and the rightly divided word of God. You see that? And what that does is reveals whether people are following a vision and a calling or a fantasy and a feeling. You know, if you get upset (laughs) when something is questioned, that's kind of a red flag. Because if something's really from the Lord and a word from the Lord, it can stand some scrutiny. Now, it's not about questioning God or questioning the word of the Lord. I, I mentioned this last week. It's about questioning you and me. We're examining ourselves whether we're in the faith. It's about testing ourselves, proving all things. We're not questioning God, but we should question us. (laughs) You understand? People. And that's how you find out if you're following a word or you're chasing after the wind. Amen. This is uh, kind of revealed in Proverbs 28, 19. It mentions this. It says, He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows after vain persons will have poverty enough. And he says, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Well, chasing after vanity, chasing after a fantasy. Do you see that there's a connection with a wrong heart, a wrong motive? Vanity, Um, self-ambition. Now, now let's let's differentiate here. Self-ambition has to do with seeking something that's just for you and not for the kingdom. Uh, not not pursuing a kingdom vision. You understand? Um, you know, wanting to do what you're called to do, wanting to do what uh, what's going to benefit the kingdom, having that desire in your heart to step into the fullness of your calling and your anointing, that's great. I believe that's of the Lord. 
And we all have that in us. We have something we're called to do. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with you being promoted. We just shouldn't try to promote ourselves. The Bible says, humble yourself and God will lift you up in due time. And so wanting to increase in a thing is not wrong. And it's not wrong to want to have that which is your own. The Bible said, Jesus said, if, you, if you're faithful with that which is another man's, then you'll, you'll get your own. He said, if you haven't been faithful with what is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? The implication is, if you are faithful, you will receive that which is your own. He told David, um, in fact, we're going to read here in a second in 1 Chronicles 17. He told David, I'm going to give you a place of your own. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's a way to go about it. And there's nothing wrong with having a vision for that. But you want to do it the right way. You want to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Do you see that? But when it's self-ambition, it has to do with selfish motives. It's not really about the kingdom. It's about me. It's about my ego, my vanity, my thing. And so whenever that starts to slip in, just chasing your own desires, that's when people get off track. And, uh, but in Genesis 15:1, I want to point this out to you. It said, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. The word of the Lord came to him in a vision. Well, what, what, what did he go on to do? He went on to reveal to Abraham the plan. He didn't tell him the whole thing. But he began to reveal to Abraham what was going to happen. Um, he, he showed him things that were going to come. He even showed him glimpses into what was going to happen with the children of Israel and, and, and a big part of the grand vision. And it had to do with the word of the Lord. Do you see that? It came to him in a vision. It revealed things. And so the Lord does give us vision and he wants us to have vision. But let me just submit this to you. How do I know if a vision is right? I need to submit my vision to someone else's supervision. You see, that's how I get the whole counsel of God. Let me read this last verse to you and to show you what I mean. In 1 Chronicles 17, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, as David sat in his house, David said to Nathan the prophet, I'm in this house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remains under curtains. In other words, he's saying this isn't right. He's saying that God needs to have a house. And listen, David was right. He saw a glimpse of the plan of God, and he saw, hey, uh, there needs to be a house of the Lord. And he was right. But watch this. Nathan said to David, do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. He said, do all that is in your heart. What was going on? This was in David's heart. And listen, this was good for David to have this in his heart. I mean, he saw a vision in his heart about the temple of God being built but the problem was, is David put his own interpretation on it. And he assumed, I'm supposed to do this. Because there needs to be a temple, I'm supposed to build the temple. And, and watch this, though. Nathan, as he was leaving, uh, the same night, before Nathan went to bed that night, watch this, the word of God came to Nathan and said, go back to David and tell him, you're not going to build this house for me. The word of God came and divided between soul and spirit. See, the vision was right. David's vision was right to want to build the house of the Lord. And he saw that, but he didn't know that God's plan was for his son to build it. 
And God allowed David to have a part of it. And he went on to say, David, I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to give you that which is your own. I'm going to plant you. I'm going to do all this stuff for you because David's heart honored him. But do you see how the word of God came and rightly divided? It, it, It revealed the plan. This is why we don't want to jump to conclusions about things. Look at this in uh, verse 15. It says, According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. Wow. See, the vision came, the revelation came of the plan of God. David had a good desire to see the house of the Lord built. He had a vision for the house of the Lord, and that was right, but it was partial. Do you see that? And he put his own interpretation on it and assumed that he was going to build it. But when he submitted his vision to the prophet's supervision, the word of the Lord came and revealed God's plan for the temple. Do you see that? David saw part of the vision, but he didn't know the whole plan to bring it to pass. And it's one thing to have a vision. It's another thing to get the plan from God that will lead to the fulfillment. Of the vision. I'll say this last thing and be done. Sorry if you heard me bang my desk. Um, this isn't the best example in the world, and I hesitate to use it, but I, I'm reminded of That's So Raven. You know, a classic Disney Channel, That's So Raven. And I'm not saying I'm promoting any of the stuff that's in that um, show, but, but I just, I'm reminded of, you know, Raven would see a vision and she'd get a glimpse of the future. But, you know, a lot of times she would assume that it meant one thing, when in fact it actually meant something else. She would see a glimpse of something, she would see a part of something, and make an assumption out of what she saw. But then as the episode progressed, you realized, oh, it wasn't at all what she thought. The vision was right, she saw it right, but it was partial, it was blurry, and she put her own interpretation on it a lot of times and misunderstood things. Well, the reason why I bring that up is to say a lot of times that's what we tend to do with vision. We get a glimpse of the vision. We know something's right here. The Lord's showing me something here. But we don't want to add to what God has revealed to us. No, we want to stick with the word of the Lord. We want to stick with what he's saying. And we want to submit our vision to somebody else's supervision and wait on the word of the Lord. And that's how we get the whole counsel of God. 